Hello, welcome to the Crypto with Cash podcast, episode number 27, a big fat Christmas special. Uh, I'm your big fat Christmas special host, Duncan Morland, and I'm joined by our crypto expert, Kishaya Bassi. Hello, Cash. Hey, how you doing? You all right? I'm okay. How are you doing? You look like you're in a in a Christmas tree. Yeah, I'm I'm in a Christmas tree. I'm nice and cozy. Nice. You've got fire. How about yourself? You look like you're you're freezing. I I am. I'm just on a mountain top, and there's some some guy behind me that uh, is. Uh, I've heard a lot of things about that, that gentleman yeah. behind you. He's misunderstood. I think if anyone yeah. is just listening and not looking at this, it's the Grinch creeping around. He's an underrated character. He is. He's an awesome character as well. I've watched this film like three times in like October, so I'm I'm ready for Why Christmas. <laughs> so it happens when you've got nieces, I guess. Um, how have you been recently, Cash? Yeah, uh, I mean, I've been cold outside, freezing, yeah. uh, but it's picked back up again. Um, you know, the weather's nice. Uh, I mean, relatively warm again. Twelve yeah. degrees. All <laughs> yes. the snow. All the snow is thawed out, which is good to see. But oh, yeah, I forgot yeah. the snow in London. It was it was a lot of snow actually, probably the most amount of sm- uh, snow I've seen in years. I don't remember it ever snowing that much before. Yeah, you didn't um, get. And then the the strange thing is that it stayed there for oh, nearly a week, if not more than a week. Um, so people were slipping everywhere. It's uh, funny to see, but yeah, it's all gone now. Did you get into any snowball fights or... on the first day? Yeah, uh, I remember I was at this Thai restaurant. And then as soon as I walked out and we saw the snow area, we just, st- everyone in the street started having a random <laughs> snowball fight. And nice. um, yeah, it was good fun. Yeah, I saw a video of one uh, on a London train platform somewhere and people were just pelting each other from either side of the To platform. the other side. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about crypto today. We've got some yeah. serious topics and then some maybe not so serious topics. Uh, we're going to cover Sam Bankman-Freud and the FTX collapse, the latest stuff there. Um, we're going to talk about Donald Trump NFTs. I think they're just called Trump Trump cards, which he launched yeah. recently to make millions of dollars for who knows what. And I'm going to ask you um, some things you would like for your crypto Christmas, stuff you would like to happen in the crypto space next year. So shall we start with FTX and Sam Bankman-Freud? Yeah, Freed, Freed, uh, sorry, Sam Bankman. Uh, yeah, Sam Bankman Freed. <laughs> yeah, so as we know, Sam Bankman Freed was arrested and he was spending some time in uh, Bahamian. So, can um, you give people a one-line summary of why, who this guy is, and what what's happening? So, Sam Bankman Freed is essentially the co-founder of FTX Exchange, which was at one point the second largest exchange after Binance in terms of um, trading volume. And what happened is, you know, for a while he was signing up different. Um, uh, he basically got the naming rights of different stadiums. He was getting um, different celebrities mm. to promote his uh, platform. And again, like I said, it was it was the second biggest exchange in terms of trading volume. Um, they were doing very well for themselves, and he was you know seen as, as a sort of uh, crypto king in a way. He was on the front cover of Forbes, thirty under thirty richest person under the age of thirty. Uh, worth 24 billion 26 billion up until and, maybe a couple weeks yeah. or months ago and, and now, what happened is sorry yeah, go shouting, ahead. i'm just shouting over you and i just wanted to make it dramatic and now he's uh... and now he <laughs> um the past few days he's been spending a lot of time in a bahamian uh, jail uh, because he has been accused of committing fraud uh, so what he has been doing allegedly is taking 
customer deposits and using that money to make risky bets through his um, Alameda Research trading firm, which is a sister company to FTX, essentially. Um, you know, obviously, that's a big no-no. You're not allowed to touch customer funds. And that was part of the terms and conditions of the website and the platform that, you know, they would not touch customer funds. But what's now becoming steadily apparent is that he was funneling uh, all those deposits from day one to his uh, trading firm and making risky bets. And right now, there seems to be an $8 billion to $10 billion hole in the mm. company's finances. And a lot of people's uh, funds have gone missing as a result. The exchange is now, um, you know, FTX and all the associated firms have now filed for bankruptcy. And he is being accused of, you know, committing a massive fraud. Probably one of the ma uh, one of the largest massive frauds we've seen in uh, one of the biggest frauds we've seen in decades. So, just yesterday or this morning, um, he was actually extradited back to the U.S. Uh, likely because, you know, at first he, he was trying to deny um, extradition to the U.S. But then I think after seeing what the conditions in the prison um, was in. Um, the Bahamas were like, he was like, you know, I need to go back to the US. Mm. What's interesting and what's just coming out now is that, you know, the former Alameda Research CEO, Caroline Ellison, and the co-founder of FTX, um, Gary Wang, have now pleaded guilty. Um, right, okay. Guilty for the missing... Uh, essentially for committing the fraud and uh, co-mingling right. funds. Because he what seems some... to be happening. Sorry, no, go Sorry? I'll, ask you, I'll ask you a question in a moment, go on. Uh, yeah, so what seems to be happening now is that, you know, Caroline um, Ellison and Gary Wang are essentially turning on Sam Bankman-Fried, perhaps in return um, to, of going free. You know, so what they're going to do is they're going to reveal all they know or everything that happened mm. and just put all the charges on um, on Sam Bankman-Fried. So there's some questions there, which is um, one is that $10 billion hole. Um, the other I had was Sam, you know, is that some, some of the talk is like, is there money hidden? You know, like, have they hidden some of the money, you know, tucked it away in crypto wallets some, somewhere? Um, and also Sam had kind of been giving it the impression that he, he, you know, they hadn't been doing this stuff on purpose. If anything, it was kind of like he was unaware of what was going on to an extent. And it was a mis and it always almost presented as mismanagement rather than kind of yeah. the fraud and the you know the the charges by the SEC in the states have been very like direct and very sort of clear that you know they knew what they were doing and they they were using customer funds exactly so you know after this this whole thing became apparent he's been trying to like you said claim that it was all a mistake um, that things went wrong. He just lost track of how much leverage he was using. But, you know, there's a paper trail of the conversations they had all the way back in, I think, 2019 it was, where it shows that, you know, they, they'd they been funneling funds from FTX, user deposits, straight to Alameda from the very beginning. Right. And there's a paper trail of them discussing everything that's going on. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. And also the guy that was, this is maybe last week's news now, but the guy that was put in charge of kind of, uh, the company when it when it declared bankruptcy he was really damning about what he said didn't he did you remember yeah that? exactly um so he's basically come out and said you know they did actually um send the funds from ftx to alameda they made uh, huge uh, mistakes um 
in regards to the trading that they did, they were taking a lot of losses as well. Um, you know, everyone up until maybe a couple months ago were under the impression that they're, you know, world, uh, one of the best traders in the world, you know, because mm. um, they were apparently they were making up to three, four million dollars a day, which is around uh, a billion dollars a year. Mm. Uh, but now it's all becoming apparent that they they actually lost a lot of money during the May crash, during the Terra Luna collapse. Um, and they just used user funds to Cover fill the hole. Uh, apparently, you know, the in the bankruptcy proceedings, they've managed to accumulate up to a billion dollars from different um, wallets and from different assets. So one billion out of 10 billion. So that means users are likely to get 10 cents for every dollar that they have the only exchange mm. as and, things stand now. And will, will that happen? Users will get some kind of payback. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's going to take years for this whole thing to um, uh, essentially conclude. But as it stands, you know, it seems to be around 10 cents to the dollar. Uh, but of course, there's going to be management fees and other fees taken out of that before users are given their funds back. And it depends It depends on whether, as you said, there are other wallets that haven't been discovered yet mm. to see where um, they can get the funds. With regards to where the money has gone, uh, no one really knows yet. It could be, a, you know, I think there's this search for this one company or one person who's been able to essentially embezzle all the funds but i what a lot of people are now discussing is the idea that it's been shared between all the users and just the market in general mm. uh, they've managed to accumulate 10 billion dollars in losses divided and distributed among all the traders in the market yeah maybe um so we kind of talked in previous podcasts about you know lessons learned from this about sort of using decentralized wallets and decentralized exchanges and stuff like that and you know not your crypto not what's the phrase <laughs> not your yeah, so not, if, if it's not your private keys it's not your crypto yeah but i guess what i want to ask you like what's your kind of overall feeling like about all this about this story and as you're reading it and following it you know it's something that it, it's like a um it's a balance so it's a give and take you know, when you when you have funds on an exchange, it's more readily accessible. If something does go wrong, for example, if the exchange gets hacked, some exchanges have agreed to cover some of the losses. You don't have to deal with private keys as much when you're it's on an exchange. Whereas if you were to keep your funds on a private wallet, then you will be solely in charge of that wallet. And you will have to make sure that no one gets access to the private keys, to the seed phrases that you have. Um, you, you need to make sure that you don't down, accidentally download viruses on your computer, which, you know, there are many out there trying to actively target people who have dealt with crypto and just crypt, crypto in general, you know, mm. um, just users in general. It, it, that's what it ultimately comes down to. There's no rewind, is there? That's the... For the Unfortunately, user, not, you know, yeah. it's not like you can just rewind the blockchain and yeah, um, give no, everyone's money back. You can't ring support. So, yeah. So, yeah, we've kind of discussed those trade-offs in the past, but I mean, I think this story is obviously going to be in the news for a long time, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Because especially now that, you know, um, Sam is back in the US and I, I believe he's he's set to appear in court today, if not um, tomorrow. Mm. So we'll have to see what happens. But I think this, this case is um, years away from being um, concluded. Yeah. Something else that's been in the news recently is one Donald, I nearly called him Big Fat Donald Trump then, but I, well, I've said it now, is Donald Trump 
Um, and Donald, what was it? TrumpTradingCards.com. Trump Digital Trading Cards. I, I thought yes. this was a joke until I saw the video you posted. But yeah, what is? No, what I had to rewatch that video. Um, I thought it was a bit of a deep fake. Yeah. <laughs> because there are videos out there where you know it's artificial intelligence. Mm. You know, I, I've seen a video of like Tom Cruise doing crazy things, but it's not actually uh, Tom Cruise. There's a whole it's like just a deep fake video. Yeah, there's a whole TikTok channel of Keanu Reeves, who which I thought yeah. was Keanu Reeves, just doing random stuff. Um, yeah, but it's just a, his his face superimposed on someone yeah, else. On somebody that it looks very realistic. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, Trump trading cards. What are they? Should we get some? Can we get some? How much? I mean, they worth? What is I this? mean ultimately, the answer to that is is a personal preference. But what Trump did was he released forty five thousand um, a collection of forty five thousand NFTs. Each of them, yeah, each of them representing his face with a different costume. I've seen some with him looking like Superman. I've mm. seen some, you know, of him standing on uh, wild elephants. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, you know, I just want to know who the artists were for this. Uh, yeah, I think well, the artist was named. Um, I, I can't remember his name, but what's interesting one is that. Guy. Uh, yeah, I, I believe it's one guy. But what's interesting is that people have found errors in the NFTs. So there's like uh, watermarks in the background that they've forgotten to edit out. Like it says <laughs> Adobe in the background that people have forgotten to edit out. Because um, they've used so that, like resources from other other pieces of art, or because yeah, and they said a lot of the costumes that he's wearing are just stock images. And they've just added this. Come on, on they can afford to like pay an artist to do something from scratch for him. I know it's just very strange because while he was in power, he was very, you know, he was he was against cryptocurrencies. He was yeah. quite critical of them. Um, and, but then now that he's not in office anymore, he's, you know, you know, considering so each one was selling for ninety nine dollars. He sold so these are these are NFTs, yeah. Just to make it clear to people, yeah. So uh, yeah, they're, they're not physical. Uh, but the thing is, with the NFTs, uh, once you buy them, you you get in with the chance of having dinner with him, or playing golf with him, or getting into a video call with him. I think mm. that's one of the reasons, or one of the main reasons, why people bought uh, bought them. And funny enough, they actually did relatively well. Um, up, uh, so they were selling for ninety nine dollars. They went up to around six, seven hundred dollars at one point. Yeah. And uh, now it's fallen back down to two hundred dollars or so, which is still, you know, better than uh, higher than what they were at the start. Mm. But it's very interesting to see. Do you rate them? Would you buy some? Because you, you bought some, you had some when the NFT so I remember you liking some of the NFT art. There was some like trading card style. Yeah, so I was I was buying into that, um, and the thing is with NFTs, it's, it ultimately comes down to personal preference. You know, some people want it just for the novelty purposes, just so they can say you know they own a Trump NFT, and it, and it mm. is an official um, collection. Um, yeah, I didn't personally buy any. Perhaps I should have because they're they're more than twice above the uh, floor mm. price at, at the launch, but. They're it's probably it's just interesting to see that, uh, yeah. you know, an ex-president is uh, openly adopting this technology. And Yeah, I've got to say, as, as somebody who's in marketing, watching that video, I was just like, this is like some of the old, this is just like a sales promotion. And I mean, it's obviously a sales promotion, but it was a bit bizarre watching the former president of the United States run through the kind of sales promotion script that I've written in the past. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, yeah. But he's made a couple million off it, depending yeah. on you know how much. That's, that's it's generated one, a couple million at least. That's one thing I was quite unsure about was it didn't actually seem to make that much money. So I think I read like $12 million on the initial sale. What I didn't realize was um, they get, apparently they get 10%. Yeah, so they get 10% creative fees. So for every sale that's made, the creator gets 10%. Yeah, and I guess they probably held some back. So if they do go up in value in the future. Yeah, some uh, blockchain investigators were saying how uh, they kept around 1,000. Okay. And the second one that they minted themselves was one of the rarest ones. So again, people don't know whether there's you know, some, something dodgy going on because it's it's a very... It's, it's very convenient for them to get one of the rarest pieces on their f second mm. transaction, you know. And I guess also the price of this might be tied to his political career uh, and his career in general. So, I mean, that's maybe interesting is like the value of um, an NFT being tied to the popularity of somebody, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the price of these NFTs is closely tied to the announcements he makes with regards to his next, you know, um, with regards to the next US election. Um, we'll have to see, I mean, with the Argentina fan token, for example, uh, that rallied significantly before they won the World Cup. All right, okay, I didn't know that. Um, so with every win, there was a rally before um, of the, in the price of the token. So with these NFT trading cards, uh, we'll have to see what happens, but I wouldn't be surprised if it does increase in value if he does start doing well what i think is going to happen is they're going to they'll just release another bunch of them in a few months time and that will they'll make a bunch of money on that and that will devalue you know the the former car yeah that's i just if they made sort of quick money from it i can't see them not doing it again yeah i mean i think it sold out within a couple of hours 45000 yeah. of them um, I, uh, I think that one of the one of the uh, packages that they had was if you buy forty five of these, then you are guaranteed a chat with him or something like that. So, which is why a lot of people are buying in large volumes. So that's like four thousand five hundred dollars at at the launch price. Yeah, guaranteed a chat, well, like on Zoom or something. Or... I think on Zoom, yeah. Well, he's going to have a busy time over the, <laughs> the next few months. We'll see it? if that actually happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that'd be interesting if people you know, that aren't sort of that people that bought that aren't sort of his political persuasion and they get to have a chat with him and ask him, ask him whatever they want. And they re can I mean, record, record that. Either way, I think this just proves that, you know, some NFTs do have utility, you know, mm. you can't just write off. There are, you know, there are people who are NFT skeptics and they say they just disregard the whole technology and dismiss it as a whole. But, you know, he's created utility out of these NFTs. Um, and again, I wouldn't be surprised if he makes a whole thing out of, um, you know, the person who wins uh, the opportunity to actually have dinner with him or play golf with him if he turns into another, like, marketing video. Yeah, yeah. As you said, perhaps for, for the next one, if he does launch that. Well, I will wait with bated breath to see what very skinned Donald Trump does next. Um, last on our card. Uh, podcast list today cash is uh cryptocurrency santa is coming and he's got a big bag of christmas related crypto gifts for you um what am i trying to say i'm trying to say what would you like to see happen in the crypto space in 2022 
if if you could have anything happen. So it does it so for next year, twenty twenty three. Yeah. So it doesn't. Oh my god. Yeah. Twenty twenty three. So next year. Um, yeah. So. So it doesn't well, have to be like realistic. It could be some pie in the sky stuff. But also, I think something that's important in light of what's happened recently is that we definitely need more transparency. So after the collapse of FTX, what we've seen now is that a lot of these exchanges have come out um, with their proof of reserves. Mm. So in, in essence, showing exactly how much assets they own and how much assets they're in control of. So, you know, by, by launch, uh, by releasing that information, you can tell whether they've made risky bets or whether they've lost the crypto in, in risky trades, for example, which was what, happen with FTX. But there's another issue with that is that there is no, as of yet, uh, not all exchanges have essentially launched their proof of um, liabilities as well. So yes, you may have mm. proof of reserves, which shows how much assets uh, are in your control and how much has been deposited on your platform. But it doesn't show your liabilities with regards to how many loans you've taken out, and how much money you owe maybe a certain company for whatever service. So I think for next year, I'm hoping that these exchanges come out with more transparency in showing these details to customers because, I've, you know, it's within it's one of the main tenets of blockchain technology to have transparency mm. and That's to have this bizarre, information yeah. readily available for anyone to actually verify. Mm. Um, so again, we've seen a number of exchanges now coming out with proof of reserves, uh, Kraken, uh, I believe Coinbase, Crypto.com, Binance. Uh, I think there's one step further to go with proof of liabilities, and hopefully we'll get that within the next few weeks, if not months. Any any other any other things you'd like to see? Yes, apart from that, of course, I'd apart like from to that see massive. Uh, no, but I think that might actually be quite a realistic. I think it's a, it's a very big one yeah. because it, it, transparency essentially, you know, it relates to every sort of process within crypto. Mm. Um, ultimately, I think it'll be also good to see uh, prices bottoming out, yeah. and uh, yes, we might see prices uh, remaining range bound for a bit, but. Uh, you know, gradually, as we've seen in previous bear markets, we have a bottom and then we, the price essentially ranges for a while, maybe a couple of months. And then we see higher prices as we approach next halvening. Oh, we had forgotten about that. So when is the next Bitcoin halvening? I believe it's in 2024. Let me just check that. So for people that don't know, if I'm getting this right, it's when the Bitcoin production well you can probably explain it better than me <laughs> yeah so with uh it's regards to the supply of bitcoin so every four years or so the number of bitcoins um essentially halves that's released into the market so at the moment i believe it's six and a half uh bitcoin and next it's going to go down to three and a quarter um and that's actually happening in 2024 but, uh, but in may but again it might be a month off here and there based on um, different uh, factors yeah. So, so around a bottom before 2024 and then higher prices after that. And if you kind of somebody that believes in like uh, supply and demand having an impact on markets, that's a that's a big thing, a big metric to look look for in, in for Bitcoin in particular, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So with the supply going down, if demand continues as it is, then the demand is going to push prices much higher. Yeah. Um, can I say something I'd like to see? Yeah, of course. <laughs> and I, I'm, actually, I'm actually interested to see what you think. Well, mine's maybe a bit boring, but I think for me, like, it's accessibility. 
you know, mm-hmm. accessibility in, you know, the decentralized part of crypto, I guess, you know, because that's what we're talking about when we're talking about people. The reason people are using big centralized exchanges and have had this problem with FTX is because it's it's difficult to set up a, a wallet and manage it yourself. And it, it's kind of learning a new technology. And for some people, it's worth doing that. Uh, they find it worth it and they don't mind putting time for other people it's just it's just not and i think that's if you ever want a crypto space that that isn't gatekept you know gate gate kept by large companies somebody's going to have or we're going to have to solve that problem do you know what i mean the ability for the average person to set up a decentralized wallet and start using it i always thought i i've talked about this on some of the older podcasts was this the idea of a social wallet i thought was really effective because instead of having to remember a key what you do is you just you know a long key that you might lose or whatever um you just you you name say like six guardians that you trust um could be friends family could be even a bank or you know so your trust is decentralized across these different parties and then for them to authorize a big transaction out of your account three of you know the majority would have to agree so like four out of seven of them would have to say okay and you can sort of so it brings like a human aspect back into the um back into the sort of use of um i don't know crypto wallet um i think it's argent uh is it argent wallet they have this um it's not quite as streamlined to sort of use and set up mainly because that functionality is on layer one on Ethereum, so it's still it's still costly to use and that kind of thing. But I I thought that because that's a, I don't know if I've explained it very well there, but that's sort of like something I feel like could be explained quite easily to the average person, rather than like remember this long password, have it etched in metal, hide it in four places around the country, like <laughs> you know, like well, like, and oh, and if you no, have, that's a very good point. Yeah, if you have yeah and it's good this. that you bring it up because, uh, like you said, we have discussed this before, and uh, I definitely agree with you. Um, I think that's one of the best ways to onboard people to crypto is make it more streamlined, make it more mm-hmm. easy to understand. Because there is still, you know, even looking at our community when you know people first joined, they were very uh, sort of nervous about you know creating wallets and making mm-hmm. their first trade and uh, buying their first crypto. But you know, after with a bit of help, then you know, you just learn after your first couple of goes and then you can just um, do it all yourself. With regards to wallets, and I, I definitely agree. I think the social element would help perhaps not all cases, but some. Yeah. Because again, if you need to have a trusted guardian, you bring in the element of trust again. Uh, so what if one of all, or all of the people that you've assigned mm-hmm. to help with the wallet, you, you, you fall out of them. Yeah. What happens there? Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. And at the same time, for example, I know uh, CZ, the um, CEO of Binance, was talking about this, how some people leave their, for example, if you have, if you don't tell anyone your private keys, or if you don't share that information or where it's kept with your family, for example, what happens when you pass away, for example? Yeah, yeah. In, in many ways, that crypto passes with you, or with, when you sometimes, with certain exchanges, Again, CZ was saying this, and he was obviously talking about Binance. He was saying how if you have your crypto on Binance and you pass away, then there is a process for which your family can then come and um, 
you know, let the exchange know, and then they, they have a process of passing that crypto back to your family. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. Really it goes both ways, you know, it just depends. Mm. But I definitely agree with you. I think we need uh, different options for different people. Yeah. If anyone's interested in that, um, Vitalik wrote about the, the founder of Ethereum. He wrote about that on his blog, like, uh, earlier in the year, I think. Another thing, just another thing I thought of then that I'd like to see is, I remember when I first started reading about crypto, probably in 2017, 2018, when, you know, I first met you, I guess. Um, and I read some books by, I think oh, you'll know his name is Anton. Uh, Antonopoulos. Yeah. I, I, I find it difficult to pronounce his <laughs> name as well. So he'd written... So that, yeah, but the books were all about kind of the social implications of crypto. They were much more about the technology. And I just would like, you know, future bull markets and the crypto space to be more focused on that. I know, every, you know, people want to invest in this space to make money. But I did also really enjoy, it was almost like reading science fiction, you know, reading about some of the use cases and things like this. Yeah. Um, and, and again, to talk about Vitalik from Ethereum, uh, the Ethereum founder, he's done some recent talks that are on YouTube that are about use cases that are outside of kind of like money and making more money. Um, so they're worth watching. But yeah, I, I hope that the next the next bull run and the and the next people's reasons for investing in this space become a bit more nuanced. Do you know what I mean? Rather than. Yes. It's going up. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Like a protocol actually um, is used. Yeah, exactly. As opposed yeah. to just speculation, yeah. Which brings us nicely to crypto with cash. Because uh, you do that with every one of your picks, I think. you Their yeah. use case, they have a real heavy use case. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. And I should mention to people, uh, over the Christmas period towards New Year, there will be a special crypto with cash discount. Um, so keep an eye out for that and be more information. If you've made it to the end of this podcast, that is, and you're hearing this information. <laughs> um, do you, before we finish cash, do you have a Christmas crypto message for everyone or just a non crypto one? <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to wish everyone a very Merry Christmas and a happy new year and just look after yourselves and, uh, you know, keep up to date with the markets because you know the bear markets are when the best opportunities um, present themselves yeah very true and i'll echo what you've just said say merry christmas to everyone thank you to everyone that's listened um throughout the year and this podcast um maybe next year we'll we'll think of some more fun things to do and be, get more creative with it um, thank yeah. you for your your time today cash thanks as always duncan that's all right and me and the grinch are gonna go and like find some mince pies to eat or something <laughs> okay well take care cash take care bye okay, bye